to episode five and I am super excited to say we've got our first male guest on the show. Today I have a chat with Todd. We do a deep dive into his personal experience with balance. We have a little chat about what it means to be present, setting yourself timelines and I guess the dangers that come with that when you're too rigidly adhering to it. Um, and in that exploration, we go into his own life experience and how he either has or hasn't hit his timeline. Another really interesting thing that Todd shares with us today is his experience doing the ancient spiritual tradition of ayahuasca, which is deep in the Amazon jungle. So buckle your seatbelts for that, especially if you have no idea what I'm talking about and enjoy the next 40 or so minutes. I'd love to know your thoughts at the end as well. So feel free to reach out. But for now, enjoy. A very warm welcome to Todd. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Now, I'd just love for you to share with our listeners what you do with yourself and I guess how you got to where you are today. Um, where do I start? I um, Start at the good part. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I started a cafe uh, when I was 27. Before that, I was gallivanting around. I was in Europe. I was traveling. I was... Beautiful. I was enjoying myself, but at the same time, I was distracting myself from moving forward in my career and, and stepping up and, and growing up. So I think I had a point where I wasn't happy and I realized I wasn't moving forward. So I started uh, meditating and journaling and trying to work out what that is and, and who I want to be and uh, met a girl, fell into a relationship and then her parents had an antique store with a cafe into it and next thing you know, we've opened up our own cafe. Awesome. Um, that went, that was it's up to six years now. So I've learned a lot along the way. Is that um, the cafe you still run? It's the cafe I've still got now. Um, that's been the biggest growth in my life. I feel like I've gone from, you know, a teenager or a young man to an adult in that time. Um, running a business will do that to you. Yeah, running a business, stress, trying to grow and work out who I am, also looking after staff, um, finances, bills, orders, everything that comes with running a business. And it's, even up to this morning, you had a bit of an interesting yeah, start to the day. It's never ending, yeah. On the way here, dishwasher blew up. Um, just so, just a casual day in hospitality. Yeah, just another <laughs> drop in the ocean of, of life. Um, so, yeah, it's been a difficult path, but it's also been a very rewarding. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't even know. It's so many things wrapped into one. So, uh, long story short, I had a, a girl that I started it with. We didn't work out um, after about a year and a half. So that's when I really stepped up to the plate. I had to have my own business. Um, I was single. I was dealing with my own, you know, fears, insecurities, um, yeah, doubts about myself, mm. um, trying to escape, um, which has been my MO for a long time. So growing up as a kid, I was expelled. I was running away. I was always trying to distract myself with parties or friends or, you know, as most of us do. Um, and even when I had the cafe, it was, you know, my dream to begin with. Yeah. Um, but after, as time went on, I started to resent it. I started to resent the relationship that I had with the girl. I started to resent myself for getting myself in this position. So I was viewing it as uh, I was trapped in this rut, not only of this rut of work, but a mental rut of going around in circles and, and why me and why I've got to deal with this and trying to escape that in itself. So can I, sorry, can I just pause you there and ask sure. a question? How would you describe your balance at that point in time? So across your health, your relationships and fulfillment being your work, it seems like across the board it was quite negative. Yeah. So do you think there was um, 
an imbalance or do you think that it was just that you were not satisfied in each of those areas? There was definitely an imbalance. There was a loop or a cycle or a pattern that I was going through of why me? How do I get out of this? I'm not happy. I'm lonely. I'm, I don't want to say depressed, but I was, um, I wasn't happy where I was. I wanted yeah. to be somewhere else. I always wanted to escape to, to have something that I didn't have. And so I that wasn't feeling of like never being satisfied. Yeah. So then yeah. I would get to, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sundays were the busiest days, but that's when all my friends are going out partying. So I'd be stuck in this rut all week of feeling sorry for myself. Then I'd go out and drink on the weekend and then I'd come into work hungover and I'd start to hate the cafe more. I'd start to hate myself more. So I'd feel sorry for myself. And to escape, I would go self-destruct. I would self-sabotage. I would drink. I would gamble. I would, you know, eat unhealthy food. I would binge on Netflix or whatever. Yeah. And um, I wasn't really facing myself or giving myself the love that would that would hit that equilibrium of having the balance of work, life, relationships, and, and also happiness. Yeah. So do you think that your lack of self-care, because that's sort of what it sounds like you were missing the most in that part of your life... Do you think that the absence of that really was the catalyst for your imbalance across all three? Do you think that yeah. if you had an, an element of self-care, perhaps you could have salvaged, I guess, the the maybe not the relationship, I guess that has other factors as well, but yeah, that, maybe your relationship with work and your relationship with socializing and yeah. those sorts of things? Well, once that relationship ended with the girl, my relationship started with the cafe and myself, so... After that destructive cycle and hitting rock bottom multiple times, it wasn't until I hit 30 years old and I woke up and I realized that this is not where I want to be. Um, you know, I thought I'd have a house, a family, you know, well, a business that I've got, but I still wasn't happy with it. So I wasn't happy with most aspects of my life. So I started to work out what do I need to do to get to that point? And in the process, what do I need to do to get myself to the point where I can start attacking everything from a balanced mindset or a balanced you know, um, self of, so, uh, you know, balanced being, balanced yeah. self, however yeah. you want to put it. <laughs> a balanced human. Yeah, so it was like, stop taking, uh, so I started taking out all the negative things that I was doing and started to replace them with all positive things. So I started to dive into self help, Tony Robbins, you know, Eckhart Tolle, yeah. reading all the self help books. Power of Now, that's yeah. a good one for anyone who hasn't read that it. That was the first one. That was the initiation of me stepping into that world and realizing that there's more to my mind and more to life and being present is the actual key so I was always focusing on my past mistakes and where I wanted to be in the future so the past would create depression and the future would create anxiety so I was which bouncing is not the, a nice yeah, pair to have it's, it's scary and if it's not one it's the other so they're two different emotions that you're fighting with um, when really I really had to find my balance my you know my center yeah and then move forward from there so what was your turning point because I guess it's I mean, in hindsight, you could say, like, you know, you started to replace all these negative things with positive things, mm. but I know you have a turning point. I would love for you to share it with our listeners as well. So I kept hitting these rock bottoms, and then I kept turning it around, so it was two steps forward, one step back, and I realized that I couldn't do the inner work by myself. I needed some help, so I came across... Um, Which, by the way, is a very commendable thing to acknowledge. A lot of people don't... Um, you know openly say that they need help from other people so and i think sorry to cut you off but i think that especially for men to acknowledge that those feelings of um insecurity and and mental health just in general um within the male space is less spoken about so i I think that's highly commendable that you were able to acknowledge you needed help 
Well, it's vulnerability, <laughs> and that's scary, and especially being a male. Um, in my generation, everyone's trying to be the alpha male and, mm-hmm. and one-up each other, and, you know, uh, it's what they've got to show, not what they've got inside. So I realised I needed to work on the inside, <clears> not the external. So I started doing my research, and I came across um, ayahuasca, mm-hmm. uh, plant medicine. Um, there's a couple of different variations from psilocybin, you know, magic mushrooms to hape which is a, a powdered tobacco which you snuff and you meditate with um there was 5-MeO-DMT which is a psychoactive substance um the spirit molecule they call so it. so DMT dimethyltryptamine which is in the ayahuasca that's the psychoactive property then there's 5-MeO-DMT which was from the Sonoran Desert Toad which is um the most powerful psychoactive substance known to man DMT, ayahuasca, is the spirit molecule. It allows you to enter a space of, of infinite realities. Um, you know, it sounds a bit spiritual, but uh, there's a lot of entities and spirits and, and energies you can work with and journey with uh, from the center of your psyche to external um, uh, entities and spirits and stuff. So yeah. Mother Ayahuasca is a gentle grandmother spirit which guides you through, shows you the parts of yourself that you need to heal. It's hard, and then it shows you how to heal it. It shows you the beautiful side of yourself. So we have these mental loops that we go through that are debilitating to us, and we don't realize that they spawn from some trauma when we were younger. So and that I, could be physical or emotional. Physical. Any sort of trauma. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Whether it's been done to us by a parent or a relative or a friend, or whether it's a psyche, um, our own psyche that's been yeah, internal. You know, yeah. telling us these stories that may not even be true. And we get stuck in them. So ayahuasca allows you to open up the parts of yourself that you don't want to face, whether it's, you know, um, limiting beliefs, negative self-talk, trauma that you've suppressed, memories Mm -hmm. that you try to forget about, but all that's trapped within us. So it uh, manifests in other ways as anxiety or stress, um, self-doubt. So once we can bring this stuff to the surface, we can process it, we can transmute it, it allow ourselves to release it. Yeah. Um, so for anyone who's a little bit confused or never heard about, I guess, these uh, forms, these spiritual methods before, it's um, it's an ancient spiritual practice, from what I understand, in the Amazon. Yep. And you can go there to date, and uh, Todd actually has been, and we'll share parts of his story, uh, where you go with a shaman, and they basically guide you through this spiritual journey. And it's something I've been researching and reading about for many years, Perhaps we'll we'll go and do one day in the future, but you hear a lot about people, you know, going and these just life changing things happening to them, both mentally and physically. You hear people going there with cancers, with yep. you know, life threatening diseases, and they're completely cured because the whole process it's like a spiritual, um, you know, cleanse, I suppose, yeah, of it's everything. A purge. Yeah, a purge. That's right, and that's what you spoke about a lot in your yeah. own experience. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give people, I guess, a bit of a taste who have no idea what, what the whole experience is even about, can you talk about maybe one or two parts of it that were your favorite? Because it is about an eight-day process. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. From start to finish. Um, deep in the Amazon. Sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, so, but I'd love for you to give just a couple highlights. Look, I researched it for seven years. Um, I learned a lot about it, but at the same time, everyone's experience is different. Yeah. So... I ended up booking it at the right time. Um, I did a dieta, which is a cleanse, a diet of stripping away anything that's toxic or negative, you know, through diet or what you take in through the media and stuff. I went over there um, to have a spiritual experience. I went over there to 
to learn why I was... So my main problems was my control issues, my impatience, my expectations. Um, and when all those didn't line up, I would fall apart. So I'd expect, um, you know, to sell the cafe and move to Bali. So then I'd start controlling that sale, controlling what happens afterwards. And when that didn't come to fruition, I would break down and it would just be a mess. So I wanted to work out how to let go of these controlling issues, these impatience, this stress, this expectation. Why is it so important for me? Um, and why is it holding me back as well? So I went over there. Uh, there's no technology, no, you know, no phones, no reception, nothing. I was in the jungle uh, with 20 other people. Um, all strangers or you went with All strangers, all yeah. Strangers. So that was scary in itself was going over there by myself. But for me, jumping into the unknown is as scary as it is exciting. So when we put ourselves and we jump that leap of faith, we can find things out about ourselves and learn lessons that we never would have. If That's we... growth, growth 101. Yeah, yeah, right. So so the fear is our compass on, on heading towards that is, is what's going to heal us or help us grow or, or learn. So we went over there. It was eight days. I did a number of different plant medicines. Um, some were combo, which is the frog, um, the resin off the back of the frog, which is uh, it's non it's non psychoactive, which gets put on little holes in your yeah, burns in your arm, and that uh, activates your lymphatic system. So you're purging out. You're vomiting. You're sweating. You're crying. I was vibrating. Uh, that was the initial purge to get out any other um, toxic substances or, or energies emotions or, energies yeah. but it's all connected so i purged that out um uh, the ayahuasca itself is is sitting in a hut at night time wearing the white robes um you've got 20 people in a circle all with their own mats with a bowl for for purging in front of them the shaman comes in um the ayahuasca medicine is a mix between shakruna leaves and the ayahuasca vine one psychoactive and the other one is uh, it mixes with the ayahuasca to extend the life of it so our body doesn't metabolize it. And um, so how long were you in that sort of um, psychoactive, would you call it a trip? Yeah, it's a trip. It's a, it's a journey. So you might, when people hear trip, they think LSD, acid, yeah. something like that. Pink elephants flying through the room. <laughs> this journey is more of a, a dream state. So you're entering in an older state of consciousness where you can have guides come through, spirit come through, um, plant guy, uh, animal guides, anything like that can come through. It might even be, you know, a grandma who's passed away can come through and connect with you because you've gotten out of the egoic mind. You're in a, a meditative state. So you're almost in a dream state, um, but you're you're awake. It's like a lucid dream. So right. that's the sort of journey you're going through and, and you relive memories and, and all sorts of stuff and get taken to different dimensions and places and and you learn your lessons through that. So... Long story short, I had three different ceremonies. Um, the first one was mental. We had a full moon and everyone was letting go of a lot of stuff they were holding on to. There was tears, there was laughter, there was people rolling around uncontrollably, um, uh, speaking in tongues. Wow. There was people just crying and, and releasing stuff they'd have since since birth. One girl had to relive her own birth wow. um, through the womb because she had trauma from her mother's womb from, from that birth. And once she relived it, she her shoulder pain had gone from that she'd been carrying her whole life. So sometimes our fears, our anxieties, our, our, our illnesses stem from traumas that we're unaware of that we've been holding. So, a lot so of, interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. There's so many infinite different um, uh, journeys that people have and lessons that it's hard to choose a couple. But basically, um, 
we people go over there with uh, you know sexual trauma issues, uh, addictions to you know whether it be drugs or anything like that. Um, uh, people that are suicidal. So this is like it's very intense. Not everyone you don't go over and do it for fun. It's it's doing the inner work. It's not a weekend party. <laughs> you're facing your traumas. You're facing yeah. your fears. Everything you've suppressed, stuff that comes up in your dreams, in your psyche, your your subconscious. So you have to do the work. It's it's not fun. So long story short, the medicine wasn't working on me. So I was drinking more than other people. I was watching their experiences, people crying next to me, people turning into jaguars, um, people in la-la land getting taken through different dimensions and heavens and, and what have you. I wanted either. Like, put me through the... To see me take something. me to hell, take me to heaven. Whatever it is, um, I'm here to do the work. Yeah. So this is where ayahuasca... Instead of giving me the beautiful journey that I wanted, it made me sit with the with the emotions and the traits that that I went over there to heal. So basically, isn't that interesting? It wasn't well. It's very intelligent. There's an intelligence to this medicine mm. that that it knows what you need more than you do. So mm. it gives you what you need, not what you want. So you were sitting there with your feelings of control, with your feelings of. Yeah, not letting go. The first one was impatience. So I'm getting impatient because it's not working. The second one was expectation. I'm expecting this to do X, but it wasn't. So then I would try to control it. So I would go up and I would have another cup. So I've gone up to have a third cup. In 10 years, I don't think anyone, I think there was one other girl in 10 years that had had three cups. So this is a heroic dose. This is six times what a normal person could have have to experience what they want to experience. So I've had this third cup and I'm sitting there an hour and a half. I thought this is it. Like maybe I've gone too far. Maybe it's all going to hit me at once. I'm sitting there, nothing. And I was like, okay, okay. I'm angry. I'm impatient. I'm trying to control it. I'm stressed out. I'm about to explode. I'm sitting there going, why me? What? What? Why aren't I getting this? I've come all the way over yeah. here. I've done the diet. I've sorted out the stuff, the cafe, everything was done perfect. Done the prep, you're ready. I've got the synchronicities with the numbers and everything lining up, everything. I was like, this is the pinnacle. This is the point where I go, okay, boom, this is what I need. And I come back and, and everything's okay. That was expectation. That was putting everything. I was relying on this experience. But Mother Ayahuasca made me sit there with those feelings. And so I basically had to sit with my emotions they were all the worst they'd ever been. So mm. I'd had stress Magnified. and emotions, you know, uh, expectation and, and control in the cafe, trying to control my life, my environment, the people around me, which is almost narcissistic in a sense. But I had to sit with it more so than I'd ever have in my life to be able to understand that it doesn't serve me so I can let it go. So after that second night, I went out and sat on the bench and I sat there in the in the middle of the jungle and... I had to be grateful for that experience. I said, thank you, Mother Ayahuasca. Thank you. Pat myself on the back. I put myself through this. I didn't get my expectation, but I learned the lessons of these emotions aren't serving me. So why am I still attaching myself to them when I can just breathe and let it go? So basically, long story short, the next night I had the 5-MeO-DMT, which is the Sonoran Desert Toad. That was the experience that I needed. That was the mind-blowing becoming one with god ego death like feelings of dying and then being reborn again i can't even imagine what that would feel like but i love the whole concept of the ego death and you know you're really just unveiling that ego and it's really raw like what's left over can you talk just a little bit about the death of your ego sure so for me um well everyone's experienced an ego death but they may not have realized it and i can go back to that this is what COVID has taught us 
but my ego death was um it was almost having tunnel vision and the world coming down around me and fear, uh, emotion i started to cry i started to feel scared i started to my ego started to control what was going on but this medicine the first bit that i had it it smoked through a vapor um it's a, it's a crystal substance I had a bit, but not enough to break through. So I was struggling, fighting myself, trying to let go when me, surrender is the hardest part for Mm. me to surrender, whether it be surrender to what's going on externally, which is letting go of the control, Mm. but surrendering to the experience as well. And my ego was so intent on controlling this this experience that I couldn't let go. So I had a second dose, which was a heroic dose. It's the only way to do it. Go hard or (laughs) go hard. I'm not not there to muck around. So I've had this other one, which has burst me open, I lay down on the grass and and I basically died. I let go of Todd. There was no Amazon. There was no me. There was no Sydney cafe, family, nothing. I turned into what I would call God. It was it was um, my my experience of God is not a man in the sky. It is what this universe is created of. It's uh, it's a vibration. It's an intelligence. It's pure love. So I burst into this this om came through me, this deep primal om, and then <laughs> I was gone. I was everything that had ever existed, past, present, future, at the one time. I knew the answers to everything. I was everything. And I came back from this experiencing, from this experience, seeing everyone around me as a part of me. I could see their souls. I could see that we're all family. We're all connected. It's almost like we think we're separate in life. We go around, mm. it's only me, it's me against the world when... Also, the same type really, mentality. Yeah. We are the drop of the ocean. So the drop of the ocean is separate. When it goes back into the ocean, it becomes everything. So we are just different versions of the universe experiencing itself through our our own vantage point. So wow, you, we are the same, but we're experiencing each other. Polarity, good, bad, everything that can be is being experienced at once by the same energy, which is yeah. the energy of God. So that's what I came back to it so when I came back I I saw the energy of the grass and I felt the connection to nature I felt the connection to other people Mm. my heart was expanded to a point where I felt love for myself and I can feel it now that I'd never felt before in my life and and this love is always in there and we don't give it to ourselves. we give it to everyone else trying to fulfill ourselves and validate by helping others around us or or getting that love from them but uh, we never really take the time to give it to ourselves. so I realized that that's what I was missing yeah. before that was I was doing all the self-care, the meditation, the gym, the, the you know external stuff, reading, all that. But I wasn't positive self-talk. I, I wasn't seeing myself and being proud of myself and talking myself up and loving myself. And that's where it starts. If you can't love yourself, you can't receive love without it being a... a or give love for that matter. Some sort of validation. Yeah. yeah. So if you're in a relationship... You need to love yourself first before you can actually receive that love, let alone give that love. So yeah. for me, I became love, yeah. which was, I can't, there's no, there's no words to put that, you know, put it into words. It was only something you can experience. But yeah. um, No, that's beautiful. And uh, that whole concept is something we've touched on in other podcasts previously where, you know, people think they're being selfish if they put themselves first. But the reality of the fact is the more you give to yourself, the more you have to give to others. Yeah. And so... I that whole experience, the whole concept of 
you know, going on that spiritual journey, I think is really, really interesting. And um, thank you so much for sharing your story. I know it's quite a personal experience, um, but it's something that if you're listening and you have no idea, we've never heard about it, it's just something really interesting. There's some really cool documentaries you can watch about it just to more open your mind to, to different things out there. But, um, Can I just add to that? Yeah, it go for it. It wasn't just the plant medicine. It was being in nature with people without technology. Disconnected. Having no distraction, having deep conversations, being vulnerable, being open, being around nature, eating the right foods, not drinking, not watching TV. It was once we remove all that stuff and we can really sit with who we are and process our thoughts, that was just as cathartic, therapeutic and healing as the medicine was itself. So it was yeah. removing yourself from the environment, distractions. distractions, life, the rat race, ego, everything, and really giving yourself the time to sit with yourself and um, and work out who you are and, and what's really going on in your mind. Yeah. Awesome. So I have a question. Shoot. So before you went over there, you said you were doing all the things, right? You were meditating, you were going to the gym, you're working hard, all those things that, you know, many of us would say form self-love, giving to ourselves, paying attention to ourselves. So, but you said you didn't feel love for yourself. So what would you say to someone now who's listening, who thinks, okay, I eat all the right foods. I have great relationships. Um, you know, I, I look after my body. I meditate, you know, if, is there any like telltale sign that you could say from your change now, changed mind that if they're feeling a certain way they might not actually have that self-love it could just be a distraction from yeah well there's a there's a difference between self-care and self-love you could be having that bubble bath with rose petals essential oils and putting crystals around it but that's still external we need to be more aware more conscious of the thoughts the, mm-hmm. the stories we tell ourselves, the limiting beliefs that we hold um so sometimes we get caught up I like to put it as in uh, our, our mind is the sky. So these thoughts that come in, they're clouds. And if you can let them drift by, then they go. They're not our real thoughts. They're just being spat out by our subconscious. So being mindful of what we let into our mind. Um, obviously, you can't stop all the stress and stuff coming in. But asking yourself, is this true? Is the limiting belief I'm telling myself I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, whatever it might be. Most of our, our happiness and our fulfillment or love for ourselves comes from what we tell ourselves in our head. So everything could be perfect outside, family, health, good body, money coming in, but our head's a mess. So it all starts with inside. Um, our reality is a mirror of what's going on inside. So mm. if we're stressed out, we're depressed, whatever it might be, whatever we're doubting will be shown to us externally by the universe to mirror to what's going what's on going inside. On. So once yeah. we change the internal, the external will start to change in itself. So it's really about that introspection and that's kind of the tipping point to say you might have self-care but do you have self-love yep and and that self-love could be looking yourself in the mirror and saying i love you yeah and it may sound stupid to some people well well i'm thinking about it now and i think oh i'd find that difficult it's to do. uncomfortable yeah. yeah but no one's around you know yeah. so it's like you've got to do these things that uh without worrying what everyone else thinks so you could you know if you want to dance to express yourself dance in your room no one's looking do some stuff that gives you I can't you say joy. I'm guilty of that and yeah. that does feel great <laughs> you know singing in the shower that yeah. sort of stuff you know raise your own energy raise your vibration by doing things that you enjoy that's self-love so you know going for a surf walking through nature that's all you know part of self-love self-care but it's also sending 
energy to yourself, good vibes, good love. Yeah. Whenever you catch yourself in the mirror, don't look at the flaws. Don't look at, you know, a pimple or, you know, your eyebrows, anything like that. Catch your eyes and say, I love you. You yeah. know, you're beautiful. You're you're important to others. You're generous. You're All intelligent. Beautiful whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. it sounds silly, but it actually works because... Our mind's like a computer, so whatever we tell it, it will program that to spit back out from our subconscious. Yeah. 95% of our thoughts are already repetitive thoughts that we've been thinking the day before. So it's using that 5% to catch those thoughts that are bringing you down and swap them for a positive one. Beautiful. So it takes practice. Yeah, it's, no, I can imagine, and I know. love that. Alrighty, so once you wrap that experience into that great story, coming home on the plane to Australia, back to cafe, back to your, you know, your normal job, your weekend hustle what things did you change within your key balance areas that really made a difference for you and that has, I guess, led you to where you are today? Um, so part of the spiritual ayahuasca journey is done before with the diet, there with the shamans and the, and the actual plant medicine, but a huge majority of it's integration. So it's coming back into society, which is once you've been in nature for 10 days without distractions, you realize how beautiful it is, how much we don't need everything else. So mm. there's almost a bit of anxiety that comes up with going back to society and the rat race and, and everyone wants to hear about your journey, but there's only so much you can explain without, you know, they can't really understand it. So coming back for me, the plane was a lot of journaling and trying to process everything that had happened. Um, realizing, being more aware of what I'd let go of. So when I'd come back, I had the universe showing me the situations that I was dealing with before and I was noticing how I was handling those situations from a heightened awareness. So I would have things that would stress me out and instantly I'd go to react as I normally would and I'd be like, no, breathe through it. There's a solution to every problem. You don't need to get up in your head, take it out on others, you know, um, because when I'm stressed out, I'm short and to the point, you know, get shit done um but i was noticing that i was more present more balanced and everything wasn't affecting me so much um i started a gratitude practice so every morning and night when i'm in the shower and it steams up i write i am grateful in the mist and then i write all to a heart and i write all the things i'm grateful for so you know that's all, one take on gratitude instead yeah. of journaling there you go yeah well everyone's <laughs> got a different way of doing right. things but yeah. it's all just being mindful of, of what you've got so I wanted, you know, the big house and the big car and this and that and the holidays and whatever else. People want the fame and the fortune. But I realized how lucky I, has, uh, how lucky I was um, to have everything. And that's also what I meant with, with COVID. It took away all our distractions, the gym, the pub, you know, nights out, shopping at the mall, whatever it might be, and made us sit with ourselves. And we realized how much we distracted ourselves that we didn't actually need. It just became so much of a habit. So we had more time to focus on our relationships with our family, yeah. relationships on ourselves. So for me, it was about taking more time to work on the things that would fulfill me, fill my cup up more. Self-love, self-care, spending time with family, spending time in nature, looking after myself, my diet, my mind. And then I started to notice that everything else would improve around me after mm. I started em- employing all those practices. Yeah, that's an actually a really nice analogy. Um, you know, one way to look at the whole lockdown period is a total like forced, yes, you, it's taking away a lot of liberties or let's say luxuries that we normally enjoy, but in a way that they can be distractions depending mm. on, I guess, what you've going on, what you've got going on in your life. But I can honestly say that throughout the lockdown period, my partner and I really sat down and worked out where are we spending our free time, which we don't have a lot of. Yeah. And you know, and, and now coming out of it, we've been able to navigate that a bit better and, and learn how to say no and learn how to Set put boundaries. our put you know, we put ourselves first and then we put you know, the relationship 
second in a way because yeah, we've got to be functioning humans to yeah. be a functioning couple. So all these things, I guess, do come to light. But um, that's all part of the balance, isn't it? Yeah, it's all it's all part of working all of that out. Well, thank you for sharing that. The that's next okay. thing I sort of wanted to dive into, which we've touched on a little bit, was the idea of having a plan. Right? Everyone thinks. I'm, well, for example, I used to say when I'm 28, I want to have, you know, the career, the house and start having a family. And as you get closer and closer, you think, oh, is it really going to be 28? And then, you know, I know a lot of people who put a lot of pressure on themselves to hit these milestones or fit within their own timelines, or perhaps it's their family's timeline or society's timeline. I know you had one as well set for yourself. So can you tell me a little bit about that and in in hindsight, what your thoughts are on it now? So um, in a nutshell, basically my plan of what I thought I wanted or what society tells me I should have was what was stressing me out. That's what was creating this impatience, this anxiety, this expectation of life. Once I got back from the jungle, the first book that came to me, as, as sometimes this information comes to us as we need it, was a book called The Surrender Experiment by Michael okay. Singer. He wrote uh, The Untethered Soul, which is a beautiful book in itself. And it's all about uh, the more we can release control and having a plan, the more we open ourselves up to other opportunities that That's might right. happen. So if we're so you know, tunnel vision on, on having a certain business by a certain time at a certain age in a certain way... You block off everything else that can come to yeah. you that might actually push you a lot further in, in that direction or in a completely different direction. So it's it's learning to be open to what is. You know, as COVID showed us, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. So if you're stressing about something that's going to happen in five years, it may not even happen. So it's about bringing yourself back to the present moment and what can you do each day to be that person or to get closer to that goal. Um, and it, it just comes back to presence, really, and, and getting out of that that um you know monkey brain yeah um it's really really i mean i resonate personally with that goal and and it's funny the second you i guess open up your mind it's it's as though opportunities come flying in and it's as though you know you see things the way you you didn't see them before and it's it's just funny you know when you notice i don't know a certain model of a car and then you see it everywhere on the road yeah you know it's like you've you've allowed your mind space for that thing and then you start noticing it everywhere. So it's the same thing. You, you, like you kind of said, it's funny when books come to you out of nowhere. Yeah. But if you're open to that information or to new ideas or, you know, reading in general, educating yourself, those things, you'll, you'll just start to notice them. So it's, it's interesting to, to think. I think it's important to have goals, like long-term goals. But when they're so rigid that the path is so linear and there's no deviating, I think you just end up creating disappointment for yourself. Yeah. Because really, you can't you can't predict how things are going to happen. I'm sure there's plenty of people that were getting married this year that have had to postpone, yeah. and that was and something totally exactly you know. And that's and so what they're going to be disappointed with themselves now, yeah. when really it's not within their control. So, you know, it comes back to what do you have control over, and you know what do you want to be open to in a way. But yeah, I think it's interesting. I think in our society there is a sort of way to do things quote-unquote yeah that we that we get told that we think we have to do that's right but with the car noticing the car thing that's the ras reticular activation system that our mind has so when we're so focused on all these goals we don't see anything else around us so when i came back from the jungle i said you know i tried to sell the cafe which was my escape i tried to move to bali which was my escape i tried to do everything that was distracting and escaping but really ayahuasca and that experience that introspection made me realize that i was escaping myself Mm. So it didn't matter if I sold the cafe or moved to Bali. I'm still 
escaping myself. So choosing to surrender to what is and cool, I've got the cafe for now. I might not go to Bali. Let's just we enjoy. We won't be going for a while, sorry exactly to tell right. you. <laughs> so then, but then other things start to happen. So we're yeah, sitting on right. this podcast. I'm starting, I'm life coaching. I'm creating online courses. Yeah. None of that would have happened if I just focused on that and then hide, hid away at home, That's distracting right. myself. So it's allowing other things to come in that may actually benefit us more than what we thought was right for us. That's right. And it's not only things, it's people you meet as well. It's experiences you might have. Um, But yeah, it's even, I guess it's a good takeaway for coming out of restrictions as as things are easing and and life resumes some form of of normality. Um, You know, this has sort of thrown everyone's plans off the grid, especially like fresh businesses or you know, yeah. people just starting out in the workforce, uni students, all those casual jobs, you know, like people have been tossed and turned, put through the laundry, shall we say. So um, I think it's important for their resilience, especially for you to be for, to be as open as you possibly can. Yeah. Um, but one thing you sort of said, which is kind of the last thing I wanted to ask you about was, you know, it's, it's if you're focusing on the past or focusing on the future, you're not present. Exactly. Right. And I think, I mean, I'm definitely guilty of that as well. Always it's thinking really well. about when I get here or when I, when I um, achieve this or once I do 10 podcasts or, you know, you always have that forward forwardness thinking, but the reality is you'll get there and you'll push the goal further back yep. and it'll just keep going that you way. You keep layering other goals on top of it. Exactly. And, and then you, you just realize that the, the, the being, the beauty of it is the process. It's the journey. Exactly and so right. that comes back to being present. And so I just wanted to ask you, you know, coming, having done the ayahuasca experience, which is like as present as you could possibly ever be, I would say the highest spiritual forces you to be. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like the only thing I can relate to in that sense is probably an ice bath very much forces you to be present. You're not worried about the bills that came in yesterday. Definitely not, not worrying about, you know, what I'm going to be getting paid in a year's time. I'm worrying about that cold (laughs) right there and then I'm worrying about breathing. Yeah. Survival. That's it. Fight or flight. Yeah. Um, so my question is how can someone tell they're not present, which I suppose, um, might, might hinge on the fact they're worrying about the past or tomorrow yep. or whatever. And it's what things caught up in your head. Yeah. And what things can they do to circumvent that in the moment? Um, well, a lot of us overthink in the shower. A lot of us overthink. We use that time to think. A lot of us overthink when we're driving as well. So we're on autopilot driving, but our minds tick, 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 tick. So for me, I find that uh, for a small example is, is that if I'm in the traffic, I'm impatient, right? So I'm getting annoyed with the other drivers and stuff and, and traffic lights. So I catch myself getting impatient. I can't control that situation. I can only control my emotions. So rather than focusing on the traffic and 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 uh, my impatience and those control issues, I feel the seat. I feel the, the steering wheel. I breathe in. I look at the tree out into the you know on the side of the road. I feel the gravity pulling my bum down. I feel the comfiness of my seat. I'm happy to have my car. I put some music on. So it's about diverting your intention back in rather than outside so do you think uh, the fastest way to do that is to focus on your five senses yeah exactly right yep yeah so breath sight smell hearing just sit down and uh focusing on your breath is the best thing to do because that will instantly take you out of your mind back into your body and by breathing when we're stressed out we're in high better so we're we're in fight or flight mode we're um we're breathing really shallow and that, that, that way of breathing is telling our body that, that something's about to happen. We're about to have a situation we need to fight or flight. So it's putting all that energy, taking it away from us um, and putting it to this fight or flight mode. Whereas when we do shallow breathing, we're telling our brain that everything's okay, that you know we could be laying in bed. So that's how we relax at night is those deep breaths. 
So focusing on your breath is the best thing that, that I can recommend to do because that is sending the chemicals and the signals to your brain yeah. to release to your body that you can relax, everything's okay. Mm. You know, that's when the anxiety, the hyperventilation, the short breaths is going to make it worse rather yeah. than the deep breaths. So yeah. breathing so is a powerful It's something tool. you can do in the moment yeah. for sure. I think breathing is a great way to recenter yourself and just quickly get out of your mind into your body. Definitely. So love that. The last thing I really wanted to ask you, given your experience and I guess your transformation and everyone, I mean, you're still on your journey, but if you had to give yourself advice back to when you were, before you even opened the cafe and you were sort of just traveling and working out, I guess, your, your piece of the puzzle, what advice would you give to your younger self? Um, I would say trust yourself because we have a lot of self-doubt that we hold on to and um, trusting ourselves to make that move, to, to make the choice and move forward um, held me back because I didn't trust myself and still I struggle with that. Love myself because I was always beating myself up and resenting things and feeling guilty for my past mistakes, which would keep me locked in the past. Trust myself, love myself, forgive myself. So they're three very powerful things, trust, love and forgiveness, and they can free us from a lot of mental burdens. So I think if I employed that at a younger age, um, I'd have more self-love and I'd be able to give more love rather yeah. than, than fighting everything and everyone and, and myself. I think it's a good one as well um, for anyone listening too. I feel like we're always focusing on how do we love other people, forgive them and trust them. Mm-hmm. And we never think about that for ourselves exactly. i did a little series on reputation the other week and you know same sort of thing you're always yeah, worrying sorry. about your reputation with other people but you never think about it for yourself yeah. you know and you're your most powerful tool you know yourself best and you're the only thing you can control exactly right. so it's best to put all that back into yourself we can be our greatest ally or we can be our greatest enemy so right. start treating yourself like the hero you know you can be. And don't be Switzerland either. Yeah, and don't, <laughs> don't tread on yourself. You yeah. know? Everyone else can do that if they need to, but you've got the power to either build yourself up or knock yourself down. And it's right. just a choice you know, and being aware of that, that choice. That's it. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story and your expertise. And I can't wait to see <laughs> all your personal, you know, your yeah. personal expertise. Experiential. Knowledge, that's it expertise on self-love thank you <laughs> but i can't wait to see your journey um and and hopefully you know go down the path that is calling you and yeah. uh your self-coaching i think you make a great career out of it thank you working on it well that's about filling my cup up and having it overflow so others i'm getting fulfillment from there helping others because if i can pull myself from the darkest reach of mental health and i can get myself to a point where i'm happy and, and free to give then um i can help others do that as well yep so yeah, lovely excited thank you so much and i hope your dishwasher lasts the rest of the week <laughs> mm, anyone wants to buy a cafe then uh hit us up <laughs> yeah hit me up it's good all righty thanks guys and that's a wrap for this week balances thank you so much for tuning in i hope that you found this episode helpful in helping you steer your direction of balance or working out what that might look like today If you want weekly reminders when the episodes come out, feel free to jump on our website and subscribe to our mailing list. I promise we'll only be sending you the good stuff. And if you're on a platform such as Apple Podcasts where you can leave a review or rating, it would be most helpful not only to us, but for future listeners who might find the show helpful as well. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and until next time, stay balanced.